Hello, and welcome to another episode of the East Anglian Theatre Podcast. Yes, once again, hell to the O. No, your ears do not deceive you. It is me, Ray Tempester, the guy who has ignorantly taken it upon himself to be a voice for theatre in our region, while everyone else tells him to put a sock in it. But what kind of welcome is that? Hello everyone, glad you could make it. This is the East Anglian Theatre Podcast, where in every episode, I shine a light on some of the theatre stuff happening on our respective doorsteps. The format is pretty simple. I start by telling you what I've been up to in the world of theatre lately. Once you've zoned back in, you can listen to a guest tell you all about the production they're involved in as I try my best to play the role of journalist during the interview. And then, finally, I take a quick look at some of the upcoming shows over the next few weeks. That's all coming up, of course, but first, let me tell you about my social media bits and pieces. The podcast has a presence on Facebook, Instagram, X and TikTok. If you happen across the odd post here and there, do give it a like, a share, a follow or whatever. Every little helps, probably. There's also a website, eatpod.co.uk. That's eatpod.co.uk. Here you'll find all previous episodes of the podcast, plus the theatre reviews that I write and a page to contact me if you want to tell me to knock off the radio voice. Or if you want to feature as a guest, perhaps. Your choice. Right, on to section one, and sitting here by myself, staring into the bottom of a pint glass. I'm just kidding, I'm drinking from a gravy jug as it's the only clean receptacle. I ask myself, Ray, what have you been up to in the world of theatre lately? Well, thanks for asking, you sad loner. Apart from doing a few more rehearsals for Season's Greetings, I've watched a couple of shows. Firstly, there was 222, a ghost story at Norwich Theatre Royal. The story itself was a fairly simple tale with an excellent twist at the end, and while it wasn't exactly terrifying, it was all about the way the action draws you in, lulling you into a false sense of security before hitting you with a shriek or a bang to make you jump out of your seat. It was a device that left you on edge for most of the show as you tried to anticipate when the next jump scare moment was going to arrive. The punchy, clever script was really well delivered by a cast of well-established actors. Now, 222 is obviously finished in Norwich, but it does come back to East Anglia on its UK tour, as it hits the Cambridge Arts Theatre between the 5th and 9th of March. More recently, I saw 1984 at Sewell Barn Theatre, which was obviously an adaptation of the George Orwell classic novel. It was a show packed full of towering performances, superb detailed direction from Ginny Porteous, and a display of technical excellence and accuracy from the production team. It is one that will live long in the memory. And as of recording, there may still be a chance to see it as it continues at the Sewell Barn from the 18th to the 21st of October. Tickets for that are available via sewellbarn.org. This coming weekend, I'll also be watching Seasods in action as they perform Blythe Spirit, the classic Noel Coward comedy at Sheringham Little Theatre. I'm there for pleasure rather than business on this occasion, so I'm not going to be writing a review. That's also on from the 18th to the 21st of October, but much like 1984, there's only a handful of tickets left, so be quick. Visit SheringhamLittleTheatre.com for tickets. Anyway, enough of that, and on to section two, and this time I'd like to reintroduce you to a past guest who is here to promote a special Halloween performance at Moises Hall Museum in Bury St Edmunds. His name is Greg Hansen, and he is a director at Bring Out Your Dead Productions. Last time, I interviewed him along with his fellow director, Hattie, but he's flying solo this time. So without further ado, let's have a chat with Greg, shall we? Hi, Greg. It's lovely to have you on again. 
We last spoke ahead of your production of Forewarned, Forearmed, which was on in April. So firstly, how was that show received by your audiences? Really, really well. It was, yeah, it was, it was a smashing. We only did three shows and it was three really diverse audiences. We had a lot of theatre people packed in on the first one. We had a family audience for the matinee uh, and then sort of completely different vibes, slightly older audience for the third one. It was really interesting how you had three different audiences pick up on, on different things because our shows are quite a lot. You know, it's a mix of comedy, history, and then, you know, a little bit of seriousness as well. So it was really interesting to have those different vibes with the audience. It was mm. uh, yeah, really interesting to see. And when I spoke to you and Patty back in March, you also mentioned that you were going to be involved at, well, potentially going to be involved at Dragonfest in mm. West Stowe. I must confess that the Dragonfest isn't high up on sort of my list of things in my in my calendar. Um, but how, how did that go? It was great. It was, I mean, it was hot. It was hot and sweaty. I think it was the the hottest week weekend of the summer that we had. Uh, that really, really hot weekend. We were in a we were outdoors, but we were in a, this sort of tent, this heat trap tent, and we were very, very sweaty by the end of it. But it's such a great Dragonfest, a great atmosphere. We were having a lot of silly fun. We were the dragon keepers, Grog and Haggy, and uh, yeah, we had two little silly little shows that we were playing in tandem with these uh, great big puppet dragons that the kids got to meet and have photos with so it was, yeah it was really lovely oh, fantastic okay well enough of the past and on to the future and <laughs> later this month you've got a special halloween performance coming up at moises hall museum what can you tell us about it yeah so it's uh, going back to our, our spooky roots that's sort of how we started with uh in fact with Edgar Allan Poe and what we'll be doing this Halloween is uh, readings of three Edgar Allan Poe stories in the very atmospheric setting of Moises Hall Museum and yeah it's very sort of stripped back intimate fireside sort of reading of three really really terrifying stories and, and yeah in that, in that beautiful setting. Mm. So you mentioned really terrifying is the show targeted at any particular age group at all? No, uh, I'd say particularly one of them. I, I'd say I've been a fan of Edgar Allan Poe for a long time, so I think I'm a little bit desensitised to some of the stuff that's in his stories. But I was reading one of them, the one that we're we're leading with in the promotion, The Black Cat, uh, and it's really horrible, some of the stuff that happens in it. It's particularly violent and graphic and dark and bleak. Uh, so we're sort of saying probably best nobody uh, under the age of 12 come along, but Anyone who likes listening to a good spooky story on Halloween, this is the show for you. Hmm. And I, mean, I can I can recall when I interviewed you last time, you said that your your early shows were some quite serious productions, including an adaptation of Edgar Allan Poe. And you've answered my question really there. But what is it about Edgar Allan Poe's writing that you particularly enjoy? Mm, good question. As a reader, they're different from other horror stories. You know, Poe's stories are very gothic. They have a hint of the supernatural, but ultimately they're quite human. They explore a sort of very dark side of the human experience. A, a lot of the stories are about grief. They're very personal to Poe. Uh, he's sort of obsessed, had a certain number of obsessions, you know, uh, disease, death, particularly of, of women that he was in love with. Both his, his mother and his wife died at the age of 24 from tuberculosis, which had a very profound effect on him alcoholism uh, which he suffered with so they're 
what I love about any sort of horror, even modern horror, I think about film I watched recently, Talk to Me, which is an Australian horror film ostensibly about ghosts, but really it's about teenagers and, and drug abuse and, and all that sort of thing, is that it, it uses these sort of quite dark, macabre conceits to explore something that's quite universal and that we often struggle to talk about with each other as as humans whether that's 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 grief or or addiction or all that sort of thing mm. um so that's what appeals as a reader as a performer it's the language the way he writes is just gorgeous to speak you know you think of the raven once upon a midnight dreary as i pondered weak and weary as soon as you start saying it it's oof, gives me chills and have you produced shows like this before as in sort of readings of works by authors yeah the f- first two shows that we did as a company um, were there was sort of a mishmash. We wanted to pay a little bit of homage to those sort of hammer horror and amicus horror 1960s, 70s horror anthologies, you know, the ones with like Vincent Price and Peter Cushing in them. So we took a mix of short stories, threw them together. We did a bit of Poe, a bit of Lovecraft, uh, M.R. James, who's great, and local boy M.R. James. So uh, we'll, we'll definitely explore more of him in the future. So, yeah, they were slightly more staged than what we'll be doing this Halloween. I mean, for this show, it is just a nice, like I say, fireside reading, letting the words do the work. But, yeah, we've had a long relationship with those sort of spooky stories and and bringing them to life. Mm. I mean, you you mentioned Omar James there. Say, when when I interviewed you in the past, you said, um, but he didn't didn't suggest you were steering away from the Dark Tales, but you were more veering towards comedy. So is is there sort of a... Are you steering back a little bit towards the, the darker edge again? Was hmm. it just, hmm. just to suit this time of year? Yeah, well, I think it's something we'll always come back to. I, I can't say too much about what we have in the pipeline, but there is something we're, we're sort of trying to find a meeting place between the two. Um, and it's particularly around sort of the MR James area, sort of meeting place of comedy and horror. One of my absolute favorite companies in the world is a company called kill the beast who did a series of horror comedy shows uh the boy who kicked pigs he had hairy hands and don't wake the damp really wonderful fringe shows and they've spun off into a company called Spitlip, and they're producing uh operation mincemeat on the west end hmm. and they're very much our vibe sort of manic comedy but they like us they have a real love of horror so um yeah as we're sort of exploring our voice as a company where we're sort of moving more in that direction okay interesting you mentioned the the boy who kicked pigs i'm sure i've got that book at home is that is that a tom baker tom baker book yeah 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 that was the first one i mean they they all sort of met each other at uh, i think it was manchester uh university and uh yeah got together and said oh we've read this mad book let's make a fringe show out of it and then they were off and then there are other two shows were original but yeah they're a um, wonderful company mm. and now for the the hard-hitting journalism and on to your your company bring out your dead productions as a small independent theater company obviously money is always going to present a challenge there's there's little point me asking really about that but what other issues does a company like yours have to contend with <laughs> yeah Oh, you've excluded money. I could talk for talk for hours. We could do multiple episodes about money, right? Um, <laughs> I, you know, I think it's interesting being particularly a company with our sensibilities. You know, sort of, sort of quite fringy, off 
the wall, silly comedy, mixing up history, that kind of thing. We, but we're based in quite a small C conservative area where, you know, I hear, I hear a lot of people I heard, uh, I think it was last week, I think you were talking to Sean Couture, you know, and she was talking about all the sort of wonderful productions of Sweeney Todd that she'd seen, some of which are very traditional, some of which very sort of wild and wonderful and, and sort of wondering how would, uh, say, a Barry St. Edmunds audience take to that. And that is a challenge because you don't want to alienate people. You you want people to come and see your stuff. So that's something we're always considering. Like with, with Forewarned, Forearmed, we had uh, a lot of conversations with our partners at the Guildhall when we did the first draft of the script. How okay is this? How will this go down? Will, you know, will this gag be received in the spirit in which it is attended or, or will it um, you know, offend somebody to the point that we get complaints or whatever? So it's a balancing act and we err on the side of taking a risk because we're young and naive and stupid, I guess. But, you know, I, th- I think you can underestimate where your audience is and, and, and you shouldn't do that. You know, you, you you should trust that audiences like to be tested and and mm-hmm. challenged a little bit, and you just it's about finding a way to do that that just doesn't push them over the edge into, oh, what is what is this? You know, can't do this. Alien cowboys eating pudding? No, thank you very much. Goodbye. So, yeah, that's the balance. Yeah, that's that's what we talk about a lot, other than money. Yeah, and you mentioned it earlier about not really being able to kind of reveal what you're working on at the moment but is there anything in the pipeline that you can talk about i mean last time you mentioned roland the farter has there been any progress with that roland the farter now that's a show that i i how could it alienate people farting brings everyone together doesn't it i mean it's, <laughs> um there's no progress it's sort of a bit of a personal crusade really roland the farter so you know i, I keep reading around it uh i, I guess I'm tr- you're trying to find um the the justification for doing it because as much as you think oh that'd be a cool idea you you kind of got to find out what you want to say with it i was in a seminar with um sasha wilson from out of the forest theater earlier in the week and you know she sort of does very similar stuff to what we do in terms of historical adaptation and talking about that you know you can find all sorts of amazing stories in history but you've got to go but why why is this a piece of theater and what am I trying to say with it? So that's what that's where we are with Roland the Farter. We're trying to find out where the theatre is in it. And I'm sure we'll find something uh, there. But we are, um, I mean, I guess I, 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 don't, I don't need to be too coy about what we're working on. We, we have an original uh, comedy horror in the pipeline that we want to develop next year, which is based around M.R. James and his stories and also sort of a bit of Barry St. Edmund's local history. And we want to further develop Forewarned, Forearmed, because we, we just fell in love with that story over the past couple of years. And uh, Royal Observer Call 14 group and that cast of characters just really, the, you know, we, we know exactly where the theatre is in that and, and what we want to say with that. So that's something we're going to be putting, uh, putting more flesh on the, on the bones to over the next year or so. Fantastic. Well, so it sounds like you've got plenty on anyway. We're obviously coming into panto season now. Have you got any plans to see any particular pantos this, this year? I don't think I've ever missed a Barry St. Edmunds panto. Uh, Barry does the best panto. I know uh, this is the East Anglian Theatre podcast and I shouldn't be too controversial, but, you know, they do. Um, so, uh, but I love panto. Um, I 
uh, which is my parents ne- have never understood because when I used to go as a child, my nan used to book us on the front row at sort of Wakefield Theatre Royal, and uh, I just I'd be in floods of tears by the time the overture was over, you know, and they'd have to take me out and I wouldn't see the whole thing. But something happened in my sort of late teens. I think it was the same time I was getting into musical theatre and I'd seen Les Mis and I went to see a panto, a Beauty and the Beast panto, and they'd set it in France and the whole act one number was a finale was a parody of One Day More. And I think I just thought that was the best thing ever. And uh, all of a sudden I was like, oh, no, this this is funny and mad uh, in a wonderful way. Uh, so I've been obsessed with Panto for it ever since then. So, yeah, I try and see as many as I can. Uh, I love the professional and amateur, you know. Um, there's uh, They have their sort of different vices and virtues, but I think, you know, both are glorious and such a wonderful British tradition, isn't it? Yeah, I worked in the box office at the theatre in Bury for for a long time, and I mean, it was it was great seeing you know all those young people get their first exposure to to theatre, seeing those eyes light up like, wow, this is amazing. Mm-hmm. And just back to the, the production at Halloween, obviously, there's there's no point me asking when it's on. That's that's on the thirty first of October. What what the <laughs> performance times? So we're doing two, uh, six pm and eight pm. It'll be about an hour for the. Uh, reading for all three stories and where can we get tickets tickets are from uh, what's on westsuffolk.co.uk uh, or if you want to go in somewhere you can go into the apex box office and their telephone number is 01284 758 000 fantastic right well i think that's probably nicely covered everything so good luck with it do you have much in the way of rehearsals for um for, for little, little bit coming up yeah i i um uh i said to hattie i said i i, I know it's just readings but i'm worried about being self-indulgent particularly with the language so uh yeah we are gonna we're gonna sit down and hattie's gonna be she's a very honest director and will tell me if i'm being a prat <laughs> well, good luck with that and uh yeah hopefully happy will knock you into shape she will <laughs> oh and i must say if i if i uh if i can hattie is not here today because she has uh, a job with floyd Productions. she's out with how's your father which is a great great show about about dads and uh it's it's touring around uh norfolk and suffolk so keep an eye out for that uh, how's your father by floyd productions and she's she's great in it so make sure you see that Thanks for mentioning it. So there we have it. That was Greg Hansen of Bring Out Your Dead Productions. As Greg mentioned, the performances of The Black Cat and other tales are at 6pm and 8pm at Moises Hall Museum in Bury St Edmunds. And tickets are available via whatsonwestsuffolk.co.uk. Now, what else is coming up in the region in the next few weeks? Well, we'll stay in Bury St Edmunds as the performing arts students of Conservatoire East at West Suffolk College is performing the UK premiere of The Doctor in Wonderland. It's a parody play where a certain time-travelling doctor finds things getting curiouser and curiouser. It's being performed at the college between the 1st and 4th of November and tickets are available via conservatoireeast.wsc.ac.uk. I'll post a link for that one online for the avoidance of doubt. In Norwich, the Madder Market's in-house company will be performing Dracula, which is an adaptation of the Bram Stoker classic by Hamilton Dean and John L. Balderson. It's on from the 7th to the 11th of November and tickets are available via maddermarket.co.uk. 
just outside of Norwich and you can catch Rackheath players in action with their production of These Shining Lies by Melanie Marnik. It's based on the true story of four women who worked for a watch factory in Illinois and it showcases the dangers that women faced in the workplace and the general lack of concern for the health of employees. It's on at Rackheath Village Hall from the 19th to the 21st of October and tickets for that are available via rackheathplayers.co.uk. And finally, set to be featured on next week's episode, Cambridgeshire's Nine Lives Theatre Company will be performing Carrie the Musical at the Secret Garden in Wisbeach. It's an immersive show based on the best-selling Stephen King novel and it's set to take place between the 26th and 28th of October. Tickets are available via Ticket Source or look up Nine Lives Theatre Company on social media for a link. And of course, have a listen to next week's episode to hear from them ahead of the show. Okay, well that's all we've got time for and as usual I'll post links for all the shows mentioned as well as a few that I've not had time to feature. Thanks so much for listening to me and Greg ramble on and if you liked it, share it with your friends and if you didn't like it, share it with your friends and laugh about me behind my back, I don't care. In the meantime, take care of yourselves and go watch some theatre. Bye. <laughs>